D. Oh. Naturals. Yes. So, hey, everyone. Um, so, because of time, I'm going to move on quickly. I would like to introduce... If you hold on a minute, D, please. Yes, I will. Lovely. Your thing. <laughs> Go for it. So she's been waiting patiently. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm going to introduce this lovely lady. Her name is Diane White, a.k.a. D. So can we have the spotlight on Basie D, please? Hi everyone. Okay. Could um the spotlight's not on her. Not yet. There Hi, we go. Hey everyone. Hi, hey. welcome, welcome. Hi. Thank you for Can we give a good whoop 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 for Basie D? Thank you. Thanks, Jens. Okay, so thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Welcome, chat. We're good, we're good. Thank you for coming on our platform, Shamps and Giggles. Okay, and thank you for being um, interviewed by us. It's Women's International, even though it's meant to be weekday, it's a whole month for us in Shamps and Giggles. And so I'm interviewing you, yay! Okay, I read your biography and I was like, oh my God, brilliant, this lady's done so, so much. But before we get into the nitty gritty, I just want to find out, um, you're called Basie D because you, you play the bass guitar, correct? That's correct. Yes. So I'm going to ask you, why the bass guitar? What made you choose that instrument? When I was at school, I used to kind of play around with keyboards. And I used to watch the other guys playing guitar and all of that. And I don't know, there was just something about the bass that just said to me, you know what, play that. Go for it's that. It's so I just took it up and just learned to play it myself. Wow. And that has taken you on this amazing journey with seven other women. Okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because your band is called, is it, have I pronounced it right? Akabu? That's correct. Um, we started, oh, so tell us about that. We started that band in 1980. Four of us as musicians decided to come together. Um, we were um, working at a rehearsal place called Rafka, and we were watching all the artists that came from Jamaica and was coming there to rehearse, and we would watch the bands and watch them playing. And um, the lady that was the drummer is the, um, has children with Don Campbell, and me and her, every night we'd watch them, and then we'd go in and we'd practice. We'd try, we'd try to do what they would do. And from there, we got the band together. You know, we found a keyboard player, we found a guitarist, we found singers and took it from there. And am I right in saying that you guys were the first like female reggae band? Yeah, we, we were the first all-female reggae band in the world. You understand? Wow. Yeah, and because of that thing, it took us around the world. It took us around the world, you know. We got to perform on some big festivals, lots of big shows, open for a lot of big artists. Wow, and what made you, what, how did you guys come up with that name, Akabu? What, how do you guys come up with that name? When we first started the band, we were called African Woman. And as the band yeah. developed, as the band developed, we decided that, you know, people were kind of a little bit discriminating against the African Woman headline. So 
we made up a, 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 a slogan called ACABU. It stands for Africans who know about black unity, AKA B. So we went with that. Powerful. Say that again. Say that again. African women. Africans who know about black unity. Unity. Yeah. And from we started with Akabu, from we changed the name, it just flew. We just flew. Wow. And you guys have been together for like, what, four decades now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you still together? Are you still together? What we done, what we done in 2000, because we had some, um, some of the ladies in the band passed away. Um, what we done is we come, came together and joined a bit, made a big band of 13 strong, all females. So we had a five piece band and then we had singers, DJs, poets. And yeah. what we, we would create a story and just take it to the world. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that you guys were a women's band, and but you created, you decided to come together and create other um, bands for women. Yeah. With, like all different talents. I thought that was amazing. Tell us about that. What made you think about doing something like that? You see, we, we have a story to tell. As women, we have a story to tell. And what we decided is that because the world is so diverse and people are into all sorts of music, and in order to capitulate everybody, you have to have a piece of the puzzle for each person. You have poets out there who will listen to reggae poetry. You have rappers who will listen to reggae rap. You know, so it was like just creating a mold for everybody so that there was a piece of the cake for everybody. Wow, so you was kind of covering all kind of genres of music. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I'm sad to hear that a couple of them, um, of your group has died. Um, but tell us about how it must have been to be the first, um, you know, women group in the world traveling. You, you traveled over seven continents, you know. Tell us a little bit about that and which out of the continents was your best one that you, you know, the best memorable one that you remember out of all of them. Okay, well, when it, <laughs> when it comes to being the first female band, you know, we used to play on a lot of festivals and open for a lot of big artists. And yeah. it was back in the day where you travel in a van with all your equipment and everything. <laughs> you get to the venue, you've got to set up the equipment, you've got to do the sound check. And the thing for me was, you know, we used to get to the venue, you know, and the other band would probably be there. They've just finished their sound check, so it's our turn. So we have to hump out all the equipment. They'd stand up there and they'd watch us. And you know what made me laugh? They'd say, why do you not want to play? What are you not doing here? Why don't you not go home and look after your children? Wow. <laughs> just set up the stage, they watch us hump, and everybody's looking down on us. Wow. After we perform, everybody's our best friend. Mm. Oh, you look wicked, you look bad, blah, 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 blah. Everybody wants to know. <laughs> but you didn't feel it. <laughs> because as far as they're concerned, that's not our business. That is not our business. If you're supposed to be singing, they don't mind females singing, but females playing instruments in that time, mm. so much of a threat. That must have been, because even my memory, and I'm into, you know, the jazz and the 20s, I don't remember a lot of females playing instruments. That's right. So it That's is like a, you know, a really, really great thing that you guys all can play different instruments, and you've come and you just wowed all these men, and they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So they must have been right. so shocked. We had to prove ourselves on the circuit. It's like, as the years went on, it's like you had to prove yourself and then people start hearing about you and, you know, everybody's looking out for you and everybody wants to be your friend because it's like you proved yourself now. Yeah. You as, women, as women, we have to, isn't it? As women, especially, that's not our, 
our um how can you say that's not it's a it's a man's world that world isn't it so as a woman as especially for me yeah especially for me because i was wow. doing i was i was one of the only female bass players out there on the reggae circuit i was the only one you understand so it's wow. like being in that male dominated world and it's like you always got to stand up and prove yourself but i always made sure that you know i do my thing and like i explained to them i'm not trying to be a man I'm expressing music from a woman's point of view. This is how I feel it. So that's just how it is for me. And they just say, okay, respect. Because I don't try to be something that I'm not. I do what comes from me. Yeah. So. No, that sounds amazing. And I, I'm sure you've got loads of stories to tell. We had more time about all the different countries that you went to. And is there any particular one that sticks in your mind, apart from all the men watching you, that you really enjoyed and that you was like, wow, that, that, took my breath away have you have you got those kind of memories it was a great it was a great feeling to play on reggae sunsplash wow um yeah um we were the first female band to ever grace the stage and um, we made history wow. we made history in japan we made history in japan we sold out one club six nights straight you know um wow. we've um oh good <laughs> we've you done play for women yeah, we've done 40 states of America. We've played in Madison Square Gardens. We've played on Apollo Live. First band to ever get three encores. So wow. much. We've done a lot of history. You didn't put none of that in your autobiography. That's amazing. <laughs> you need to put that in there. That's amazing. Yeah, so, you know, we've had, we've had a good journey. You know, yeah, fantastic. And you've done, like, four albums. Is that correct? Like, you perform yeah. more than four albums? Yeah, yeah, we've done four albums. Yeah. And you were also known as the hardest working females in the industry. Is that true? Yeah. Yep. Because we moved on now where we started back in big artists, big name artists. So in the reggae circuit, you know, we were doing people like Big Youth, Max Romeo, Lee Perry. We were just moving, moving. So, you know, we were getting a lot of credibility for who we were. Wow. So you was having this journey, just, you know, um, to stop me if, I, if I'm wrong. You was having this journey with the seven of you in a group. And then there was a point that you wanted to have a solo career. There was a demand, it sounds like, for um, bass players. And that gave you the opportunity to have a solo career. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I'd say in about the late 90s, um, I was being approached by a lot of artists asking me to come and play in their bands and work with them. And so... I, as well as having my band, I would just do a lot of session work. You understand? So I'd go off with Lee Scratch Perry, I'd go off with Freddie McGregor, I'd go off with Gregory Isaacs. Wow. Whoever, Alton Ellis, whoever. I'd Alton go with... Ellis is a distant yeah. native of mine. Oh, <laughs> okay. Cool. And sometimes I would be the only female in the band. Wow. Yeah, so I'm surrounded by all these men. But you know what? I, I'm doing my work. You weren't phased. I can see that you weren't phased. It sounded like you really held your own and you just did your team play that bass. And that's one of the instruments I love, the bass guitar. Oh, my God. That's like really gets you right here. But it sounds like you really held your own. I had to. I had to. And, it's you know, it's not about trying to prove nothing to no one. It's just for me. It's just about me doing my work. You call me to do work and you employ me to do a job. So I'm going to deliver the job. And Did you get any support? Did you get any support for that? Being like the only women in a men's world most of the time, and this is the, this is what you love doing, and you had to keep on going back into that environment. Did you have any support, people you could talk to? You know, because I'm guessing it wasn't 
easy all the time. It must have been very challenging. It wasn't, and you know, um, I remember, you know, when even when I first started, and I was start, I was teaching myself. There were friends that I knew that were playing and were good players, and I used to say to them, "Come and show me a little thing, help me out a little bit," you know. They would say to me, "Oh, why don't you go and look after your kids, man? Why do you want to play bass?" But then <laughs> I ended up taking away their work. That's what the problem was. They realized oh. she's gonna get good, and we're gonna have a problem here, and you know. And then the funny thing is, you know, they go out on the road with somebody else and then somebody, they'll meet up with other people and they say, oh, do you know that girl, Diane, that plays bass? They hear it, they'll be talking about, oh, yeah, she's my brethren. You know, she comes from my school. Your school? When I used to ask you for a little bit of help, your school? I just smile. Yeah. <laughs> then they want to support you. They know you. Everybody will not to support you. Not support. But, you know, what is yours is yours and nobody can take that away from you. You know, and I know I, I was on a mission and I had to complete my mission. And that's just it. That's you sound it. like you was very focused, very focused. You didn't care and you was really focused. Yeah. And that focus, it led you to be, receive a title. You was honored as the number one female bass player. Yeah. The great Robbie Shakespeare. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Tell us about that. <laughs> because we were on a, um we were I was um on a tour with Max Romeo and on that tour was Sly and Robbie and Barry Salmon. Wow. And we were playing on the same shows every night. Now the first night we arrived, um we were playing and I was looking where does the stage where the stage is, if I look straight ahead of me, it's like I'm seeing the dressing room, but it's far. But I could see somebody standing up on the stage like this by the by the steps. Looking, looking, looking while we're playing. And I didn't take it as lovely because I couldn't see who it was. And when we got off the stage and we went back into the dressing room, Max Romeo called me, says to me, D-Base, come here. And when I went in the room, Robbie was in there. And he, says to, he says to me, he asked me my name. I told him my name. He says to me, I've got to say something to you. It's the first time that I've seen somebody who sounds like me. He said, make it worse. She, 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 that, she, 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 she's good. She's good. <laughs> yeah. She said, she's, and she's a woman. He said, sounds like she's a woman. He says, what, do you, what can I do for you? So, you see, the, at the time, the rig that we were playing off of um, was sponsored by Mark Bass. And he says to me, what can I do for you? What, what do you want? What can I give you? So I says to him, you know what, I like the sound of them amps up there, you know, that we're playing with. I like the sound of the background. So he says to me, I'll tell you what you do. You go up there and you pick any one of them that you want and you take that. Wow. So that's what I done. And then he, what he done is he spoke to Mark Bass and he told them all about me and they got in touch with me. <laughs> yeah. So wow. when you talk about support, that's where the support came from. The only time I can really say, you know. Yeah. Um, just pick one and he was like so was you surprised that he was so open and like you know so accommodating uh, that that kind of shocked me still i wasn't really expecting that you know but mm -hmm. it was to show you know that you know he, he respects what i'm doing and you know he if he can support me in any way that's what he wanted to do so yeah. you know, i give thanks for that you know yeah. he didn't have to yeah he sounded like he didn't have his ego in front of him like no, you know no, no, no. do and that's good and sometimes we need that we need like somebody to recognize our talent and just to give us that break 
So the yeah. fact that he, he was able to honor you as number one is, I think, is such a great achievement. You know, well done. And I've just been noticing throughout this interview, I'm just going, wow, wow, wow. Because you've achieved so much and we haven't even finished. We haven't touched the other stuff yet, you know. So just going on your journey, you know, in 2012, you started a production called The Real... Real Talk Productions UK. Yeah, Real Talk Productions UK. Tell us about that. What it is, um, being a musician, I produce. I produce um, a lot of artists as well. So I decided that, you know what, it's time for me to get my label in process. So as in 2012, we started um, Real Talk Productions UK and mm -hmm. had a big um, label launch, you know, which was well attended. Um, and yeah, it really went off well. And why Real Talk? Why Real Talk? What made you come up with Real Talk? The reason why I call it Real Talk is because, you see, any artist that I produce or anything that comes out on my label has to be positive. There is nothing that is, is, that is going to make your eyes go like this. Everything... Mm -hmm and positive yeah wow. so that's the thing and that's why we decided to call it real talk you know wow. and that's message. message real talk getting yeah. a real message across so it sounds like you wanted to deal with real congruent real issues um and, and what you worked with so many different artists and just the fact that you have your own music label i was like wow anytime i kept on reading i was like what hasn't this what hasn't this lady done You've done so much, you know, which is it's so good to hear, you know, that you've been focused and you just kept on your journey. And then as you're going on your journey, you decided that, you know, let me go into this solo career. You did that. And now you say, you know what? I now want to produce my own stuff, which is really, really good. And, you know, it is a journey, isn't it? You have to go through that stuff and realize, actually, I want to try this, you know. So yeah. well done to you, you know. So in regards to creating regular um, Star Factor, which was 2014, you know, this is, what we, this is where you are now. So tell us about that. Right. Um, after watching X Factor and watching X Factor, I came off a tour with You Scratch Perry and I got home and I think I watched the X Factor for the last time and I said, nah, enough of this. Nothing. <laughs> They're not doing nothing for reggae, nothing for us, no disrespect to no other genre of music, yeah. but reggae wasn't being represented. So True. I decided that I just got up the morning and just started Created it, just created it, just branded it, done everything, and off. Started wow. the auditions, put up um, things for auditions, got everybody in, and ran the show. Yeah. Me and my mate Jack, Jack Rubin. Jack Rubin was, was, um, was the man. Missed up. Are you freezing, D? Is it me freezing? Yeah, it's you freezing. Sorry, yeah. I can hear you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I can hear you. Go ahead. Once I started the company, um, um, I liaised with Jack, Jack Rubin, and me and him kicked off mm -hmm. the show. Yeah, me and him kicked off the show and had a very successful 2014, 15, 18. Yeah, and it's been good stuff. It's been good. It's been good. We've had some good talent come out of the show. Wow. Do you think by... And this is an obvious question, but I just want to ask, you know, by working with like all those famous people, so many names, I was, when I was looking at all the different names that you met with, like Perry, Max, Romeo, Alton Ellis, Gregory Isaac, Bim Sherum, um, Big U, Levi Roots, Horace Kennedy, so many names to name a few, <laughs> you know? Do you think that gave you like the foundation to help you to be able to 
you know, create these artists, you knew what you was looking for to create these artists in regards to reggae star factor? Yeah, because like I say, being 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 the actual musician and actually producing artists, what I was finding is mm -hmm. that, you know, there weren't really no new emerging artists coming up, like because there was no platform. Mm -hmm. So in order to create the new artists, we needed to create a platform, so that they can get seen and be exposed. You understand? And mm -hmm. we created a platform. You know, Shardell Roden was the winner of our first one. Joe wow. Caesar. Yeah. You know, of, of number two, which yeah. is Levi Root's daughter. Um, there oh. was a man, yeah, Joe Caesar, who won season two. Yeah, she was Levi okay. Root. Um, season three, um, a young man called Sheldon Senior, excellent singer. He, um, he won three. Um, four and five. Four was a, a young man called Tefasta. And season five just gone was um, L.A. Gray. But, you know, yeah. when I think about that form and I think about JJ Born to Sing, I think about Alicia Scott, they all come from the Reggae Star Factor platform. Empress wow. Akani, all these people come from the Reggae Star Factor platform. That's amazing. So, you know, you created this, you must have an awesome team that's supporting you. Is, is you know, some of the ladies that you started off with in the group, are they helping you? Are they still there supporting um, you? Well, because mm, you see, because Reggae Star Factor is kind of like my baby. Yeah. To a degree. Um, you know, it's like I front run most of most of the stuff. Um, Caroline, who's a keyboard player, um, she she works alongside me as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, we it's it's all good, all good. Fantastic. So at least you've got still um, you yeah. know some of them that's still working with you for your projects. That's brilliant. Yeah. And you started off in the tabernacle because if I knew, I would have went because I love going to. The tabernacle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's cool. Yeah, we had six weeks on the on the finals. We had to give back people their money. Wow! The capacity had gone crazy. Well, how and much does the tabernacle hold? How much does the tabernacle hold? Is it three hundred? Okay. I think about three hundred. Yeah. And then the next year we moved it and we went to the Shaw Theatre. Theatre, yeah, I see that. We wanted bigger capacity. And how and much did that hold? That was five hundred plus. Wow. Yeah. We went there and we had to do the same thing again. Give back people their money. <laughs> we had 600 people in the venue. They were going nuts. And about 200 or 300 people outside couldn't get in. We had to give back money. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, we know but that. About a lockdown, when is your next venue? Because you need a big, big place. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So we're looking, we're, looking, we're looking at that right now. And it just depends on how, how much they open up. Or else we might have to do it on another live stream. Oh, okay. If they don't, if they don't open up the the venues. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. Don't I don't know what kind of big venues is there out there. I don't know. If there's O2. They have. Um, Hackney Empire, Hackney Empire, or somewhere like that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that would be good. Hackney Empire is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So. Have it there. Okay. So. So I'm looking forward to that because I will definitely come because I haven't been to none and I feel so shame in saying that I haven't been to none but I will come my friend told me how brilliant they are so I'm definitely going to be there with the next one trust me mask and all okay so I want to ask you a question about tell me about BBMC aka the home of reggae okay we got the multi-example BBMC was um was opened in 1985 it was opened by a set of musicians who didn't have no work 
no employment, so they just decided to come together and go to the council to get some space. You understand? So that they could run classes and ed do education and do music. Mm -hmm. um, so since 1985, it was opened by Rita Marley, Jill Scott Heron, oh, wow. e. Aswad. It was opened by a number of people. It was a big opening. Um, and from since then, it's gone on from strength to strength. Wow. I think the only two people that haven't come here is Bob Marley and Peter Tosh. And that's because they died, they died before it opened. Yeah. All their children, all their children everybody, every, everybody in the reggae game who you can think of. That's and that's in. local, isn't it? And that's, that's in Wilson. In Wilson, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's well known. Um, they branded it as the, the tough gong of the UK. Yeah, that's what people say in Jamaica. You look like tough gong of the UK. Yeah. <laughs> So, what does it stand for? What does BBMC stand for? Brent Black Music Co-op. Okay. And tell me how much it means to you, because I know you've done, you've kind of to help with generational, for other generations to be able to use this, because it's been a part of your life for decades. I know that you've been doing certain things behind the scenes. So tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I've been managing, <laughs> managing, managing it for the last five years now. Now, but you see the beauty of this place here? This belongs to us. It doesn't belong to the government. It doesn't belong mm -hmm. to the council. It belongs to us. It is ours, right? So you know, you know, the struggle is going to be on already because it's black-owned, and you know they're not really going to want to give us nothing because yeah, you know. And to tell you the honest truth, I don't really want much from them because then they're going to dictate to me what they think I can do or what I can't do. So exactly. it's better than cure. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what I've been doing is um, I'm doing a refurb on the building to preserve the legacy of the building and just yeah. keep um, refurbishing rehearsal rooms. We've got a big education suite upstairs, you know, where we want to teach our children life skills. Anything that they need to learn and, and any knowledge that they need, we'll be running them classes for them up there. So what we're doing, we're putting feelers out to them to find out what it is that they really want, the things that they want to study, the things that they're interested in. Because we need to take our youths off the street and, and give them some direction, you know, get them into some life skills so that they can help themselves. You know, the computer helps them, but it doesn't help them. Because if it broke down, yeah. they have no use to themselves. So we need yeah. to be life skills. So that's, yeah. The yeah. For, that's the plan for our training suite upstairs. Downstairs, we have our recording studio. We have our radio station. We have our rehearsal rooms. We have our, our dining area. And we have our events hall. We have a big hall where we can keep our own events. It sounds massive. Yeah. You're going to have like a youth clubby thing upstairs, which is yeah. very, need, very much needed because we don't have no youth club. I used to be a youth worker. Right. And, yes, and I'm telling you, it made a difference to the young people. Yeah. Brilliant. Made a difference and they just took it all away. So it sounds like you're creating that environment That's for right. young people to come get life skills, social skills, because it's true, you know, the computer, let's take that all away. Some people let me know how to talk to people face-to-face. That's, right. That's you know, right. I find it hard. I prefer to talk to people face-to-face, -face, like, you know, and feel their energy and stuff. Thank so you. It's very much needed, but it sounds massive. It sounds like you're talking about a hall, recording studio. Like, how big is this place? I've got three rehearsal, three rehearsal rooms, one big recording studio that the BBC built for us specially. Wow. We've got a big live room where we can put the whole band in there and record them all together all at once. Um, yeah, yeah. And we've got our big events hall that can hold up to nearly 300 people. 
Um, but we're just finishing off the, I'm just finishing off the refurbishment, really, you know? So in the meantime, we're still doing a lot of rehearsals and live streaming in the little part, because I kept a little part of the building because we have to function still. Yeah. Go through the you know? And is it is it owned out is it owned outright the building? Yeah, we've got the freehold, mate. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well done. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nobody that's could talk to us. Awesome. You know? That's I because we have a club next door to us called Apollo, right? And Apollo is Oh yeah. In Wilsdon. Yeah, for over fifty yeah. years. Right? And do you know that the man has just given it right back to the Labour Party? No. I, I said to him, why didn't you come and talk to one of us? Yeah. But I was thinking, you give it back to them. Why would you do that? Because he, he closed that a year ago, didn't he? That's Diane? right. That's yeah. right. It was a That's year right. ago, yeah. Wow. Because he, he was struggling. He was struggling for a long time, wasn't he? No, he wasn't struggling, you know what? He, he's, a, he's a selfish man. I'm sorry to say it. You know why I say that? Mm. Because... You wouldn't let nobody else have an event in there. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't give it to nobody else. Your kids don't want it, so you give it back. Yes, there was people yeah. in the community that have been staunch ravers in there that he knew. Yeah, yes. Give it to us. Let us blah, blah. He said no. He's not giving it to no one. He's giving it back to them. Yeah. Because wow. he never owned it. He was only paying petrol rent. Wow. Or he had a 50-year lease, and it's up. You could have done so much of that building, could have, you know, utilise it to, to do so many different things. He did it on, as a spite, it sounds like. So you knew something as a growing, you know. I did have a hand up from Dee Alexander. Did you have a question, Dee? Hi, good evening, um, Diane. You Hi. have inspired all of us on uh, Samson Giddle today. Um, yeah, what I wanted to know, mm-hmm. you talked about the reggae sound factor. Is star that factor. sorry? Star factor. Star oh. factor. I couldn't ascertain what the name of your organization is called. It's called that star factor. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> okay, no problem. Yeah. Maybe she got then, the X Factor. So yeah. she's reggae star factor. Yeah. Okay. Then Norris put in the chat. Who is your favourite bass player, male or female? Mm, that's a good question. Oh, that's a good mm. question. That's a good question. My 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 favourite bass player, to tell you the honest truth, when it comes to reggae, was Family Man Barrett. Now he was the bass player for Bob Marley. Family Man. Yeah. Wow. He was my favourite. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's so- one. Before we finish, I have a clip that I would like to share because I know people need to see you, okay? And I was asking, you must have something that you could share with us so I can show everybody. So I'm going to share my screen. Just give me a moment. Don't get all shy on me now. What are you okay. sharing? <laughs> But before you before you before you share that, Diane, so in your space that you've got the freehold, which is absolutely amazing, awesome. For you to raise the money and to keep it to sustain it, mm-hmm. are there space for the community to rent out as well, yeah, or is, all the spaces? There okay, there is. I've, I've made it accessible that there is space for the community. That's what this is. What the place is about. It's about the mm-hmm. community. You understand? And I'm, what I'm yeah. trying to bring the community in. You understand? And let them know yes. that. Yes. So anything yes. we can do as a community, we can do. Like a youth, sure. yeah. And 
could you put the details in the chat room after the interview so we can know for the people in the local areas to know how to do that? That would be excellent, Diane. No problem. No problem. Thank you. Hey. Um, Norris, you've got a question? Before he okay, asks his me, question, because he's on mute. Before he asks his question, yeah. I want to ask um, ACD, when are you looking to open, when are you looking for the refurbishment to be finished and open it up to... I say, I say we should finish by the end of May. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. We should finish by the end of May. So, we're, but like I said, we're still here. We're here. I'm here every day. We're doing little bits and pieces because we're doing recordings right now. We've got um, we've got about five singles coming out. Wow. Second week of February, um, April. So we're just finishing them off, and we're doing a bit of live streaming in the room in in our studio room. So we're still doing stuff. So we're, Smiley's got a, DJ Smiley's got his hand up when I ask a question. Oh, I'll ask, yeah, ask a question. No I've been dying to ask you this question actually. What's your Choice of bass guitar, Fender, All right. Jackson, or Steinberg? Or... I've, got four, I've got four basses, yeah? Right, yeah. I've got a Fender Precision Special. Right, yeah. I've got two Steinbergs, a four and a five string. Yeah, I noticed that one in picture, yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and, I, and I've got a, a Hona. All right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... so which one, one is this one? Which one is this one? That's the, that's the, that's the Hona. Five stream. Yeah. Wow. Okay, nice one. Okay, so I'm gonna share. I'm gonna stop share and share your video clip. Let me go. Let me know, guys, if you can see this. So, um, tell us when it's finished. Tell us who this is. We can hear it. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> it's going in and out. So, Diane, are you in this? Yeah. She's. I can see her right next to the cameraman. Next to the camera, man, I can see her base. Okay. Oh, there she is. But she likes to hide. Who said that? Who said that? Yeah, me. <laughs> me, man, I'm me. <laughs> What's Daddy Hossman? That we just refurbished. Daddy Hossman, that's in our front. Yeah. So this is in Wilson? Yeah. So this is in Wilson. Yes. Oh. <laughs> So it's Wilson High Road, near the Apollo, near Wilson Bus Garage. That's correct. 385 High Road, Wilson, NW10, 2JR. So is this one of your artists? Artists? Yes. yes. Okay. What's her name? Gardner Rosen. 
Champs and Giggles. 